You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. Your podcast for all things Lord of the Rings strategy battle game. I'm your host, Matt, and I have here with me today, David. Greetings. And Kylie. There's a drink on the table. There is. We're going to be doing another muster your army, mustering your army today, and we will be doing the fiefdoms, or fiefdoms, depending on how you decide to pronounce it. And we're going to start with David's list. David, what have you got for us? Oh, 650 points, by the way. 650 points. Take it away, David. About the only thing that I know about the areas of southern Gondor is that it includes Forlong on horse, since everyone's been talking about this new model that's been going around on from unreleased miniatures. So that's the mandatory plug. Onto the list. I believe okay. it's called a shameless plug. Really? Oh, medieval oh yeah. That, that's the argument at the moment. Is it Bismarck or is it Forlong? But anyway. So he, whoever he may be, is leading 12 axemen, one of which with a, has a banner. The rest have their... Strange, two-handed axe come spear equipments that they come with. Warband 2, we have Angbor the Fearless with his 12 clansmen with those giant two-hander swords and their rather sort of smart-looking kilts. Warband 3, Captain Dol Amroth, Armoured Horse, Lance. He has one knight, also with Armoured Horse and Lance, one knight who's wandering around on foot, and six Blackroot Vale archers. Warband 4 is pretty well the same as Warband 3, but I can only fit five Blackroot Vale archers into it. So that's another captain, another knight, another foot knight. Five archers, which rounds out 43 models, 11 archers, one and a half banners, because Angbor has his special rule, and yeah, four warbands. Very nasty. What was the model count there? 43. 43. Not bad for 650 points at all. One of the great things about Fifthens is, surprisingly, you can spam them. theme behind this one is one of the early drafts of Aragon coming through the paths of the dead and picking up the army of the dead was, there was no army of the dead. He had to rally an army once he got there, and he rallied a small army, and it went and fought some orcs and corsairs and rescued, relieved a garrison, got a bigger army. He spent about a month campaigning down in the fiefdoms, building a bigger and bigger army, but it just took far too long, so Tolkien gave him some Army of the Dead to speed the processes up. So this is a pre-Army of the Dead, Army of the Dead. So it looks like a really versatile list. You've got a lot of options in there. You've got plenty of shooting with the Blackroot Veil. Vale. You've got a, a few horsemen there that can go in and, and hit pretty hard. And uh, the versatility, of course, of the uh, spear slash double-handers mm-hmm. of the uh, axemen. They can also faint, too, because they've got little daggery sword things. <laughs> there you go. Because the axe is two-handed, so the dagger counts as single-handed. And you can yeah. pull it off. They've got all the utility, the axemen. They're fantastic. The list was written as a sort of piecemeal, and then he went there and picked up those guys. So pretty much I included as many different troop choices as would fit. So basically it's Clansmen and Lamadon. One warband. Spear supported by axemen. Yep, warband of those guys, with a handful of Blackroot Vale archers, about four knights. Not bad. And two captains on horse, with heavy armour and lance, and one fat medieval Bismarck on horse. Nine might points, also very handy at 650. It seems like you've got a lot of stats in there. Let's hope it's enough. No big punch, though, which is the only downside. I did mention fat medieval Bismarck on horse. He's strength five, you know. Yes, but as great as Forlong is, he's only fight four. Yes, his damage output on horse is ridiculous because he's got strength 5, but you've got to win the combat first. Your highest fight value in your army is 4. It strikes me as the kind of list where you're only going to have a, a, a few things that can do like a lot of damage at once, mm-hmm. but you've got a lot of trickery involved with the might points. 
And I do have two captains on horse with heavy armor and lance. Yeah. So if they go in and strike, you're probably going to be striking to match them because you don't want to be on the ground with the lance-wielding captain coming for you. If they've got something tough, I'm hoping I can burn out some might with those two, finish them off with the other two. Yeah, I'm imagining Forlong and the two captains walking into a shield wall, or riding, galloping. Charging. Into a, charging into a shield wall, striking up. So depending on what army you're facing, obviously if you're facing fight three, you don't have to worry too much about it. Mm-hmm. But you may want to strike up and just knock out six guys in one turn, in one spot. That's going to do a lot and of And if you are fighting fight three or less, you can combat. Combat straight through, kill mm. potentially 12 men. That's the plan. Because that doesn't sound familiar at all, does Not it? Not at all, no. I've never had that happen to me at the hands of Kylie, ever. I think, actually, the hidden strength in your armulus, David, is the amount of utility you have with your war gear options. You've got two-handed swords, two-handed axes, regular guys with fainting, lances. You've got so many different strength values, so many different banner effects. You've just got a lot of little nuances within the list. I've got those monster hunting guys as well. Yeah, and I think if you can play around those quirky little war gear options, you can catch someone off guard because there's a lot of two-handed weapon output in there. And you can put spears behind two-handed weapons these days, so Mm. for Gondor. Having said all that, I don't think you have a regular banner in there, is that correct? I do have one regular banner in uh, Bismarck's Warband. Okay, so one banner in there. Along with the uh, banner effect from Angbor, is that right? Uh, correct. Oh, well, that's not too Which bad then at all. affects really, his but... clansmen. Yeah. Yeah, you got a large effective banner there. Hmm. It is six inches. So yeah, six inch banner on Angbor for his clansmen. Gee, people forget about that with Imrahil in the list, don't they? Well, you could have a six inch banner, or you could have a 12 inch banner. <laughs> so much of a much nostril. Seems something that gets glossed over a little bit, but there you are. It's, it's not a bad rule at all. What do you think uh, your list might struggle with, David? It's lacking fight five, uh, so elves would be a right pain to fight. Urukai. Yeah, strength four. You got a, Never you got defen- you got a low defense four. Yeah, the defense across the board is not fantastic. You got two out of weapon. Yeah, I reckon Urukai is going to give you a real big run for your money, especially because the captains can get into you and do a lot of damage. But Urukai give most armies a run for their money, so... Anything with a really strong shield wall presence, I think is going to give you a run for your money. And possibly as well, really big end heroes could, could do, because your answer to, say, like an Aragorn, a Gothmog, a Witch King of Felbeast, or a Birder, or something like that, is charge it with four long, two captains, strike up and hope. It's worked before. Yeah, there is I'm, a little bit of luck required yeah, with that kind of strategy, I, isn't I there? I do not like the strike up and hope strategies. Fine, I shall send one captain. He shall strike up and hope. If he fails, I shall send the next captain, and he shall strike up and hope. But with those nine might points, you can afford to do it a couple of times, and as, as long as you don't get yourself in a position where you might have a hero wiped out really quickly, uh, I think it's a strategy that can work. Okay, so I think uh, that covers David's list. Let's move on to Kylie's. Okay, so I'll be honest... I sort of copped out here. I didn't really oh boy, write, did you. write a list per se. I pretty much just took one of my old tournament lists and did that. So. Yep. So this was a list I ran to a tournament a while back. I actually managed to win the tournament with this list. So it's Imre Hill mounted on horse with his lance. Six knights on Delamroth mounted on horse with lance. Five knights on Delamroth on foot. That's warband number one. Warband number two has a captain of Delamroth mounted on horse with lance. Four knights of Delamroth on foot. And eight men of arms on foot with pike. 
And in Warband number three, I have Dune here, and he's leading 11 Black Val Archers for a total of 37 models. Yeah, having seen what this army is capable of, it's really tough. It can do a lot of things. It's got Imrahil, of course, which is always nasty. Yeah, Amroth for Gondor. Yeah, so as we were talking about, that banner effect basically everywhere. Yeah, it's... One thing I love about this army is just the sheer amount of space it can fight in. An old shade principle we used to have was don't fight within six inches of a shade. Imrahil has a similar property of don't fight within 12 inches of Imrahil. Problem is it's within 12 inches of Imrahil, so it's very hard to get away from. And he's he's on a horse, so... Yeah, yeah. so he can, he can get to where he needs to be. The army is just... It's got banner rails everywhere. That's why I don't have a banner. And coincidentally... The tournament that I won and I took this army to didn't have, I think it's, is it To the Death? The banner one. The banner one. That is the banner one. The banner mission To the Death. It didn't have that mission in the four missions we played, so I didn't need to worry about having a banner. I just relied on Imre Hill for my banner reroll. Perfect. Playing to the tournament. Yeah. So that's how it went. Managed to win the tournament as well, which is always nice, but yeah. Having fought against this army a number of times, the bowmen are something that a lot of people, I think, underestimate. I certainly underestimated them. They can do a lot of damage in a short space of time, and often you'll go after them. The rest of the army will split apart. You will spend most of the game chasing those archers while the rest of the army tears you apart from the sides. Yeah, one of the great things I love about the... um the Black Rivelle Archers is, there's one type of unit that this army in particular struggles against, and that's monsters. The Black Rivelle Archers cover this weakness quite handsomely. Is there a special rule the reroll to wound against monsters? Reroll to wound against monsters, and when he gets the reroll to wound against monsters, and inflicts D3 wounds if he does score a successful hit. I have removed... A Bane weapon. Yep. I have removed a cave troll on turn one with a volley from the Black Rival Archers before. I have removed an Isengard troll before it hit combat. I have killed troll chieftains. I have killed fell beasts. These Black Rival Archers, sometimes all they need is one volley and they can mess the game up for your opponent. And this fact led to one of the only times in a game I have ever seen not only one heroic shoot called, but two in the same turn. When the when Dwin here called a heroic shot at a watcher in the water, and yeah. the watcher in the water, which was run by me, of course, decided, oh dear lord, that is going to take me out in one turn, uh, called a counter heroic shoot and managed to win it and survive by dragging a uh, Fifeman's Warrior into combat. Now I will mention, he's he got I think it was about three or four shots with the watcher. Yep, his first shot. Missed. His second shot hit a um, knight of um, the Lamroth that he wanted to hit and drag in, but he and killed, killed it, it. <laughs> on the first one. So it was lucky that Matt's final shot managed to get the guy, his friend standing next to him, and drag him into and combat. And didn't kill it. <laughs> and didn't kill him. But oh, that was I've quite never an prayed one. more not to kill a model from a shooting attack in my life. That's when you wish you could like bash with your range damage. <laughs> yes, true, true. Or shield. Wish he had the option for uh, yeah, non-lethal shooting would be nice. But uh, no. <laughs> so yeah, that was a fantastic moment in that game. Uh, really enjoyable. Mm. But one thing I will say about this list in particular, I've noticed is a, quite a big weakness is Imrahul often flirts with death because he's a big part of the army. He's 155 points. You need him up front dealing damage. He's also the weak link in the army as well as being the strongest link at the same time. If you kill Imrahul, 
the combat efficiency in the army drops by half. It becomes severely less awesome. It goes from being two attacks pretty much across the board on every model because of the reroll to one attack, and that's a big drop. They really rely on that reroll, and that reroll is what makes the army so strong. Agreed. Seven might as well. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly less than David, but that's expected with uh, such a big character mm. as Imrahil. I love the captain too with Imrahil because the battle reroll on the captain is freaking amazing. Yeah, the, both of you have taken mounted captains, which is, you know, they're a great model. So not surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay, so is there anything you'll list, uh, apart from obviously the weakness of monsters if they do get in there? Mm. Monsters I've crossed off the list. Other shield wall armies I've also crossed off, like Urukai and stuff, because for some reason the black the um, pikemen can match other shield walls quite well. The stuff that tends to mess this army up, I'm not going to say magic, but there's particular kinds of magic, in particular enemy wizards. For some reason, wizards just do a really good job at dealing with Imrahil and the knights, knocking Imrahil off his horse, knocking the captain off his horse, and you lose quite a lot of punch once you lose those knights because a lot of the damage is the, is from the knights. So Nature's Wrath in particular and Sorcerer's Blast, that's, that's the two big things that really hurt my list. Anything that can get me off my horses. Yeah, I think having played... I've played you a few times with Rohirrim as well, I think, and it's generally yeah. been Saruman that's kept me in the game. So. Yeah. Yep, totally so agree with that. anything that can get rid of a horse is is what's going to, to beat this list. Yeah, I, I think something like uh, anything that can fly and hurl is probably going to hurt a bit. Yeah, you want to be careful with that still, though, because um, of the Black Root Valor yeah, Archers, so you need to really time your engages, and you can be quite certain that the, the Black Root Valor Archers are going to be as far away from your lines as physically possible, and the rest of my army is going to be sitting right behind them, so... Yeah, so that pretty much covers your list there, Kylie. Yeah. So we'll move on to my one, which is probably the most simple of the three lists. Uh, hopefully effective. Uh, I'll let you guys decide. So my leader is the King of the Dead. I've gone with some Warriors of the Dead here. I thought they'd add something nice to the uh, overall feel of this list. So we've got the King of the Dead as the leader because he's so tough to take down. With him, he has four Army of the Dead with shield, four Army of the Dead with spears, and two Riders of the Dead. Now, these two Riders of the Dead are going to be the punch. They're going to have to do something in this army for me to win. I'm sure of it. Do they count as spears these days, or are they still just random The weapons? Warriors of the Dead now actually have their weapon options. So you okay. purchase them for one point. So they do have shields and spears, bringing up to a mighty defense eight, and Ouch. also being able to support. So, yeah. The next warband is a Captain of Dol Amroth on foot, four Knights of Dol Amroth, Seven men-at-arms with pike, and one man-at-arms with a banner, and I've got that warband twice. And that's the entire army. Now, it's not a huge amount, I feel. I'm going to quickly count 34, 37 models, so the same as Kylie, which is interesting. However, of course, it doesn't have Imrahil, so it doesn't have that huge amount of punch, or the uh, captain on horse, either. And no bows, which is something I don't usually do. Were there any banners? Two, Two. banners. Okay, so both, one per Both of the pike, pike blocks. blocks have banners, yeah. yeah. I think you need to go heavier on the Army of the Dead, both in the Knight Department of the Army of the Dead and the Generic Warrior Department. I think with the amount of pikes you got, you want those pikes behind something that can utilize them. Yes, knights on foot can utilize them, but I think Army of the Dead will get a bit more out of them, and I think you want a more 
Riders of the Dead. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> More Riders of the Dead to take advantage of the hammer and anvil that the um, Pikes will will provide you. I would almost like to have seen an entire cavalry warband of just knights. Of just Riders of the Dead. Damn it. <laughs> I keep saying calling them knights, but they're not knights. They're Riders of the Dead. I would have liked to have seen a full warband of Riders of the Dead. Yes. Though, for, from a theme perspective, the Army of the Dead didn't really get on too well with a whole lot of allies. They didn't synergize all that well. Um, something to do with their allies running off screaming every time the Army of the Dead came past. But, oh, well. Indeed. I must admit, I was caught in two minds with this list. I was trying to decide, should I go Heavy Pikes? Do I want some Army of the Dead in there? I ended up doing both of those ideas, and neither of them have particularly worked, as we've heard from around the table. But it, I still think it would be an interesting army to run, if a little bit predictable. There's hmm. not a lot of ways you can run it. It's only got uh, four might points, so not a heck of a lot of might. It's going to want to walk up to you and just beat you into the ground. That's the whole plan. So it will be interesting to see the, the way people will try to get around that. And having seen uh, what a lot of people have done recently with uh, really heavy shield walls, really strong shield walls and pike walls, uh, I'd really like to see what people can come up with to beat this list. I'm thinking with most pike blocks, if you can get around the side of them, if you can start wrapping them in, because they've deployed in depth, so you're not going to have the same width as other armies, especially with a low model count, then deployed in depth. So if they can get around you, come from the sides, come from behind, you're in trouble. Also, if you're on a pike block and they can get a monster on one corner of it and start throwing diagonally through your pike block, that's going to start hurting. I suppose that's a way where the Army of the Dead are quite useful. because yes, they can lining they can, up on the flanks. They can take... Army of the Dead are quite good at taking down enemy monsters. This is true. To be honest, out of all the lists here, I think yours would have really, really benefited from like an Aragorn ally or, or, or one of the three hunters or something like that. Yes, I was thinking allies. Yeah. If, if you could get a ranger in the north or two in there, just add a bit more might, add a bit more support for that. Or even just 20 points for that extra little bit of might. And, you know. yeah. Yes, true, true. I think a warhorn also would have been useful, not necessarily for the army of the dead, but the rest of the army does not benefit from the king of the dead's standfast. Yeah. So they're relying on a courage for captain, which if they get broken is probably not going to hold up to Yeah, long. the dead aren't going to run away, but, well, your dead's not going to run away. <laughs> Yours might. Mine will. I have very, very sad stories Middling about my own. poor luck with that, yes. <laughs> my armies are dead. Do not like passing courage tests. But, um, I have faith that yours will stick around. Oh, we hope so. So, yeah, I think, yeah, there's only really one way to run this army. It's going to walk up. It's going to try and kill you head on. And uh, if that doesn't work out, it's probably going to run into a few problems. And hope you don't get that mission where everybody wanders on from the sides and that would not be ideal. <laughs> that said, though, I don't think that mission's going to hurt you too much because each, each portion of your pike block has their own banner, and who cares if the army that they get ambushed because they're yeah, defense eight. They don't worry about it, yeah. So they can function as separate units, certainly. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's just about everything. Before we go into the scores, I just want to remind everyone that we have a scenario competition going on at the moment. It will be ending on the 20th of September, and we have a homemade by Jeremy Aumer for the winner. We've had a bunch of great uh, entries so far, and th that doesn't mean you can't win. So please enter. We love seeing the scenarios, don't we, guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what, what do you want from me? Obviously, Nobody just... trusts us to judge anything. What are you talking about? Don't worry, Jeremy's judging everything. 
So those entries will close on the 20th of September, so please do enter. We're looking forward to reading your scenarios. And get creative, guys, to really bring some, some oddball stuff to the scenarios, bring some units we don't normally see or something. Surprise us. Get creative. Fantastic. So let's move on to the scoring. Whose list, well, not scoring, voting. David, whose list had the uh, most pizzazz for you? This is a tricky one because I have a personal grudge against the Army of the Dead, but I'm also not a fan of that 12-inch banner. It just doesn't sit right with me. But my grudge against the those Riders of the Dead is probably greater than my grudge against Imre Hill. So my vote is to Kylie's list. Oh, this is a tough one because I've been walloped by Kylie's list before. It's really nasty. But looking at David's list, 43 models, 9 might points, so many options. I think I'm going to have to go with it. I think it just brings something new to the table. So I'm going to vote for David's list. Just to make things interesting, I'm just going to vote for your list, Matt. Just for interest, is that the only reason? Not because I actually wrote a good list? Mm, I I quite like the Pike block. I think I'm either dead. I have a soft spot for I'm either dead, no matter how many times it failed me. So three-way tie. It's a tie. So we might go to our unbiased adjudicator and see if he can randomly pick a decision out of the hat. Calculating. The adjudicator is stalking the room. <laughs> I've run the numbers and I've got my spreadsheet out. So on the calculations, the correct number is, of course, 43. Well done, David. Those 43 models are not being sucked into the cheap trick of having the banner where basically... Oh, we're in 12... I feel Emery Hill's presence. I can feel his presence. I'm 12 inches away. And then he slightly steps out and suddenly you can no longer feel... There's a disturbance in the force and Emery Hill's no longer near me. I can't re-roll this banner. He's halfway across the battlefield behind a building. I think David's spam list of... Bit of a, a taste pack. It's like one of those boxes of chocolates where it's got everything in there. And I really quite enjoy that. And I, I'm a massive fan of the fat medieval Bismarck. And the fact that you've got those most improved models ever, those spear models with the axes, they have gone from being really nothing to being fantastic models. So, David, congratulations. Matt, too bad. Kylie, too bad. It's okay. I have a trophy sitting in my cabinet with this army's name on it. Also, Matt... The reason why I don't like your Riders of the Dead. In the book, it mentioned that the horses did not move faster than the warriors. They moved at the same speed because they're dead. They're not actually walking. They're just hovering there. If you watch the movie, the horses at full gallop are actually moving slower than the infantry. So move six or move five, I could understand, but not move ten. It just doesn't make sense to me from the book or from the movie. You've shown me the light, David. I'll never take Riders of the Dead again. And congratulations and thank you to our impartial adjudicator. And remember, guys, as always, Traps Win Games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon Podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.